0: Today, uh, we're going to continue our series called Forgotten Fields. And uh, if you remain standing, we're going to read some scripture together. Uh, be in Genesis chapter 29 today. Genesis 29, if you want to get a head start. If you don't have a Bible, uh, YouVersion is a great app. Also, Bible Hub is a great study app as you're studying the scriptures. Uh, that's a, a great app for you. To understand a little bit of what Scripture's trying to say. And, uh, and our daily devotion, now we, one of our core practices is daily devotions. You can find that on the Version app. And if you don't get that, uh, check out social media, um, sign up for the email updates, and we'll get you on that. But in the series, we've been talking about these forgotten fields and uh, these shepherds who found themselves in various fields. And we all know the, the Christmas stories, you know, the big story of the shepherds out in the fields, and that's where this series kind of comes from, and we're going to look at that next Sunday in our neighborhood gatherings. We're going to talk about those famous shepherds from the Christmas story. But today, I want to go back to Genesis 29, and last week we talked about Joseph, And this this is where it gets kind of confusing because there's a lot of different names in the Old Testament. We're going all the way back to Genesis. And and so when you look at these names, you kind of can get confused at who is who. And so don't don't feel bad if you don't know who's who. Sometimes I'm like, wait, which one was it that had the coat? I mean, even I get confused. So last week we talked about Joseph. This week we're going to talk about his dad. So we're backing up a few chapters to talk about his dad. And if you're new to the Scriptures... The nation of Israel, their, their, the patriarch, the father was Abraham. And he had the promise that a nation was going to be birthed through him. And then he gave birth to Isaac. And then Isaac gave birth to Jacob. And Jacob, we would see if you fast forward a little bit in his story, God actually changes his name to Israel. So the nation of Israel, they know who Jacob is. Because they're like our entire nation came out of those 12 crazy kids. How many of y'all got some crazy kids? Come on, somebody. Listen, I ain't even started preaching, but some of y'all, you got kids that are doing jacked up stuff. You got kids maybe that are far from Jesus. You got kids that you don't know what's happening with them. God used some jacked up people to birth an entire nation. He always chooses the jacked up to just do something miraculous. He wants to show his power. And so don't give up on somebody in your family, because God can use them and radically change them. Come on, turn to somebody, and tell them, "Don't give up on that family member. Don't give up on that family member." Just got to read that later. That's that's just free. I can't only really have time to preach that. So this is how Jack. Some people are like, "Well, I just don't believe the Bible. I just don't think it's true. It's just man-made." Okay, I just encourage you. If you, if you somebody says, just read some of the stories. Because if you made up this stuff and if your, your religion was based on it, you wouldn't put this crazy stuff in here. Some of the stuff that happens, you'd be like, I ain't talking about that. I ain't talking about that part of my family history. That's just weird. We're just going to keep that on the down low. But they put it all in there. And so Jacob, crazy, he, he steals the birthright from his brother Esau. That's how he even got to be <laughs> the name Jacob in Israel, birth through somebody who stole something. That's who God chose to use. This is scripture. This is the Bible. And so Jacob, Esau's like, I'm going to kill you dead. And and so Jacob's like, I got to get out of here. So he's on the run. He takes off and he's on the run. And this is kind of where we pick up in part of that story when he is running. And in chapter 29, it says in verse 1, then Jacob hurried on. Of course he did. Finally arriving at the land of the east, He saw a well in the distance. There were three flocks of sheep and goats that lay in an open field beside it, waiting to be watered. But a heavy stone covered the mouth of the well. It was was the custom there to wait for all the flocks to arrive before before removing the stone and watering the animals. And afterward, the stone would be placed back over the mouth of the well. So Jacob went over to the shepherds and said, Hey, where are you from? Where are you from? And they said, Well, we're from Haran. Hey, do you know a man there named Laban, the grandson of Nahor? Yeah, yeah. Is he doing well? Yeah, he's he's well. Look, here comes his daughter Rachel with the flock now. This is about to get good. Some of you all know the story of Jacob and Rachel. Jacob said, look, it's still broad daylight, too early to round up the animals. Why, Why don't you water the sheep and goats so they can get back out in the pasture? Oh, we can't do that uh, until all the flocks have arrived. Then the shepherds move the stone. Come on, somebody. The shepherds moved the stone. The shepherd moved the stone. Anybody tracking? Anybody tracking? The shepherd moved the stone. I don't know what stone is over the top of your well right now, but the shepherd, King Jesus, can move that stone. Jacob was still talking with them when Rachel arrived with her father's flock. And she was also a shepherd because Rachel was his cousin, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother. And because the sheep and goats belonged to his uncle Laban, Jacob went over to the well and he moved the stone from its mouth and watered his uncle's flock. The title of my message today is barren fields, barren fields. If you feel like you're in a barren field, God has got a word of encouragement for you. God, thank you for this worship today. Thank you for the chance to hear your scripture breathed out over us. And now speak to all of us in your powerful name and in your presence. Be manifested in this place, in our lives. Change us today. Encourage people today. Bring hope and healing and peace and purpose into this room today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said. All right, you can be seated. Well, I don't think any of us have probably, maybe maybe a couple of us, but I think most of us have never heard of a, of a guy named Frank Holmes. I didn't know who Frank Holmes was until this year, but Frank Holmes is actually called the father of oil. He was uh, an English geologist and engineer, and he believed in, the, in 1920 that there was oil in the Arabian Peninsula. Now, back up a little bit, because for you and I, we're like, well, of course, there's oil in Arabia. The Middle East is flooded with oil. Before 1920, nobody thought there was oil there. No one thought there was any oil there. They felt that it was a barren wasteland, and it was a complete waste of time. In fact, some oil companies had tried. They had failed. They went away. And they said, it's a waste. And, but, but this guy, Frank Holmes, said, no, I think, I, and he basically said, I have a, a gut feeling And and my nose is telling me, that's his words, that there's oil there. And so in 1920, he set out for the Arabian Peninsula to look for oil. And his first few samples that came back, it looked like there might be oil. But when they ran all the tests and things, it showed that there, there wasn't. And everybody began to say, see, we told you there's no oil there. And big oil companies were mocking him. And, and saying what a waste of time it was and, and, and how he was wasting money and how nobody should buy into him. But he kept at it, and it took him over a decade. He spent over a decade until they finally struck oil. And now today, if you fast forward, there's over 500 billion, with a B, billion barrels of oil in reserve just in the Arabian Peninsula, all because a guy named Frank Holmes wouldn't give up. Now, as you, as you look around at your field that you find yourself in, I think you can look around and you can just feel like it is, it is a barren desert. Like, it's, it's not gonna happen. I've been waiting. It's the end of 2021, and I have been waiting and waiting and I'm still stuck here. This is a complete waste of time. But what if I were to tell you that everything you desire and everything you need is right there in that forgotten field? Every answer that you need to every question is already in the field. Every resource that you are looking for, I believe is, what if it's already in the field? What if every connection, every relationship, the thing that you desire, what if it's already in the field? I believe that what God has for you, it's already in the field. Turn to somebody and tell them it's already there. It's already there. Write this down. There are miracles in barren fields. There are miracles in barren fields. I, I came today to encourage somebody that there is a miracle in the middle of your pain. There is a miracle waiting for in the middle of your disillusionment. There's a miracle in the field where you are discouraged. There is a miracle in your waiting. There's a miracle in your barren field. But searching for that miracle... Waiting on that miracle is not easy. And I think Jacob here in this story, what we see is that you, you got to overcome a lot of obstacles on the way to your miracle. Let's look back at the story. We're going to look at one verse in particular, verse, verse 2, and we're going to break it up here a little bit. And he just simply says this in verse 2, Genesis records this. He saw a well in, say it with me, in where? The distance. you, you ever feel like you're in the wrong field? Like, you look over, and everybody else's field is flourishing, and you're looking down what you got? Well, you know, if, if, if I had that job, I mean, I could be successful, too, if I was in that position. If, if I knew that person, oh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be stuck here. If, if I knew them, if I had that relationship, if I, if, if I had access to the resources that they have, then, then I, I would be successful. And what can happen to us is barren fields can become bitter fields. You can become bitter in your barren field. Like you can become angry and you can become resentful. You get angry at God, man, God. I mean, look, they, why? Why do they look? What they? They're not even living right. They're not, they're not, they don't deserve. Well, I've been praying. I've been doing the right things. I'm trying. And look what, why don't I have what they have? God, you free, Why are you blessing them? And why is it? And you just get angry at God and resentful in your barren field. And bitterness takes root in you. And when bitterness takes root, anger and resentfulness can, can just manifest itself. And if you're not angry at God, you'll get resentful against people. You'll get resentful against their success. Oh, come on, now I'm preaching up in here. <laughs> you look at what they have and what you don't have, and you have this weird thing that happens within you where you don't like them. And you don't even know why you don't like them, but you just you're you're resentful towards their Success, They every time they talk about success, every time they walk in the room, every time something's on TV, every some, a YouTube video, you scroll through social media, and there they are again. And resentfulness, what happens is bitterness, when you allow that bitterness into you, it plants that seed, and then anger and resentfulness can rear their ugly head. The prophet Habakkuk, in chapter 3, verse 17, the uh, The cat pronunciation of that is Habakkuk. (laughs) Habakkuk. (laughs) That's how you correctly say that if you want to impress your friends. (laughs) So I've never ever, I don't think ever in like, I don't know, however many decades of preaching, I have never preached out of Habakkuk. (laughs) I've never preached out of this. But Habakkuk 317, he is a prophet in the Old Testament. He said this, even though the fig trees have no blossoms, even though the relationship is not blossoming and there are no grapes on the vines there's there's no jobs available e- even though the olive crops fail e- even though my finances are are failing and the fields lie empty and what say it with me and barren even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty say it with me yet I will rejoice in the Lord Habakkuk speaks from experience rabbinic tradition tells us this scripture the Bible doesn't tell us but rabbis had this tradition and they believed that Habakkuk the prophet was actually the son of the Shunammite woman if you don't know that story that's okay but it's recorded in Scripture. And there's this woman, and she wanted to have a child, and she was barren. She could not have a child. Her womb was barren, could not have a child. And she asked the prophet Elijah, told him about it, and he prophesied over, you're going to have a child. And she got pregnant, and she had a baby, and that child grew to be a teenager, thriving in life. One day, out in the field, the child fell over dead. They ran to the prophet. She told the prophet, why would you give me a son only to take him away? And Elijah takes the boy up into a room and he prays over him. And God breathes life into that boy and raises him up to life. I think Habakkuk has some ground to stand on here because he speaks from experience. He's like, I have been in the barren field. I fell in the barren field. I died in the barren field, but yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Like for you and for me, I know what I see. I'm not blind to my situation and my circumstances. I know what it looks like, but I'm going to keep trusting in the Lord. I know it looks ridiculous that I should give up, I should walk away, that I should go do something different, that my dream is long gone, but man, I'm still going to look to the Lord and I'm going to trust in him. I, I, I just choose to believe that there is still a miracle in this barren field and I will not be moved, and I will not be shaken, and I will wait on God in this field. Go back to verse 2. So he saw the well in the distance. Then it says this, three flocks of sheep and goats lay in an open field beside it, say it with me, waiting to be watered. So, So if it's not the wrong field, it can feel like you're, you're, you're at the back of the line. You ever feel like you're at the back of the line, like you're, you're, you're waiting? Like so, somebody, else, somebody else got the, the new iPhone for Christmas, you know? They got like seven cameras on their phone. They're like, check out my phone. They're like, yeah, it'd be nice if I could afford that or if my parents had that kind of money. I still got a BlackBerry. Yeah. It's retro, man. It's coming back. Look at the little spin dial on it. <laughs> Some of you are like, "Whoa, man, I remember that." Or they're, or they're like, "Hey, hey, we're going on vacation, going to the beach for Christmas. All the family's going to be there. Got a big Airbnb right there on the ocean, Pensacola Beach. It's going to be amazing. Would you watch our dog for us?" That'd <laughs> yeah, be great. It'd be great. Let's be here. Because, you know, we don't have that. I didn't have the connections. I didn't know the person that gave you an Airbnb. And wish I, if I knew those people, and that would, that would happen for me. Or you get the Shutterstock uh, Happy Family Christmas card. You got those? You know, you know everybody gets them. You know, say so the family's on there. They're cute. They're all smiling. They're all happy. They got their dog in the picture. You know, they're not taking them on vacation, but they got them in the picture. Like, "Oh, that's nice, and then you're looking at your family. I shudder when I look at my family. Like your family's like the four by six glossy that you got developed at Walmart. One of the pictures is upside down, the other one's blurry, and half your face is cut off. I mean, like that's my family right there, and you can just feel like you're you're constantly waiting and you... It feels like you're missing out, and, and if you don't do something, then you got to, i got to make it happen, so i I'm, I'm, I got to push my way to the front of the line. Most of you know that my background, I was in radio here in, in Tulsa, and one of the things we would do when I was in radio is we would go to all the, the concerts, and we'd give away free T-shirts. And so my morning show partner and I at the time when I was working at Kick 99 um, Buster, Brown, and, and I, we got this idea that we would put on as many t-shirts as we possibly could when we go to these concerts, and then we would just tear them off one at a time when we were in the arena, and we'd throw these shirts. I they actually have a picture. Here's a picture. This is me. Um, so as you can see, it's me on the right. As you can see, this was just a couple of years ago. So <laughs> in this picture, we both have about Fifty-nine. I think the count was 59 t-shirts that we had on, uh, split between the two of us. And so we would go out into the arena, and then I'd just be like, hey, who wants a free t-shirt? Yeah! Now, if I was giving away free t-shirts, y'all would have been up out of your seats. But people would just go nuts, and then we'd just tear off a shirt, throw it into the crowd, and then I'd look down and I'd go, hoo, hoo, hoo. I got another one who wants a free t People would just say, yeah, and they'd go, no, they tear off the shirt, and then i just run to the next section, and as I'm running to the next section, I'm not kidding you, these sections would get up and chase us around the arena for a free t-shirt. <laughs> But they would chase us around like a mob, as if like they they saw that as we were pulling them off. How many? They're gonna run out. They're gonna run out, and I gotta get a free T-shirt. I gotta get a free T-shirt before they run out. So many of us. That's how we're running after God. If I'm I'm chasing after God, if if I don't plead with him, if I don't get there quick enough, he's going to give it all away and I'm not going to get it. And everybody else, God's giving all the free stuff away to everybody else and I'm missing out. Hey, hey, God, hey, 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 don't forget about me. God has endless resources. He will never run out. He's not even running away from you. He's running to you. He's running into that barren field, and he's going to meet you there, and every resource you have is not waiting. It's already in the field. It's already there waiting on you. Another prophet, Ezekiel. Ezekiel 34, 26. This prophet, he said it this way, in the proper season. Come on, turn to somebody and tell him you got to wait on your season you got to wait on your season. Say this with me. I, I will send the showers they need. Come on, say it with me. I will send the showers they need. Turn to somebody encourage them right now. Tell them God is going to send it. God is going to send He's going to send the rain into your barren field. He says, I'm going to do it. There will be showers of blessing. Don't rush the season. Man, I <laughs> preaching to myself on that one. Don't whew, you gotta you gotta slow down and wait in the season. I was pumping gas yesterday and I was looking at the trees, and they're just dead. They're just dead. It's ugly if you came if you if your family and you're visiting right now you're like man you guys live in the godforsaken wilderness oklahoma is just a. you should come in the spring and in the fall and in the summer you ever drive into our state our part of the state how beautiful it is but you got to wait you got to wait for that season there are miracles in barren Fields, your, your barren field will bear fruit. Got to wait on it. Okay, let's go back again to, to verse 2. So the well's in the distance. It's got to wait in line. And then, if that's not bad enough, uh, a heavy stone covered the mouth of the well. Do you ever, you ever feel like everything that you need, everything you desire is right there? but it's just out of reach. Like there's a, but you, 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 like it's there, but you can't get to it because there's a lid on it. If that, just if that lid would come off, man, it's like, a, it's like shopping for Christmas gifts right now on Amazon. You know what I mean? You know what I mean Like you find the perfect gift. There it is. That's the one I wanted to send Aunt, Aunt Louise. Uh, that's the one she wanted. That's it. And, and then you scroll and there's that red line that says temporarily out of stock. Really? Or 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 you get it and you get all excited and you get all the way down to purchasing it and then it has another red line and it says will arrive after Christmas. You're like, it's right there. That's there it is. That's the picture of it. That's what I need. That's what that's what I'm looking for. And then it says, oh, there's similar items. Why don't you try some of the similar items? Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, they wanted an iPad, but on Christmas they're going to open up a, a dry erase board. Great. Well, Amazon said it was similar. Don't get on to me. But it can feel like there, there's a cap on it and, and that God, God is just moving too slow and it's right there. And if God's not going to move it, I'm going to go dig my own well. I'm going to make it happen, and I'll just dig my own well. Can I give you a warning from the prophet Jeremiah, another prophet, and here's his warning about when you decide to take it into your own hands, and I'm going to dig my own well, and I'm going to make this happen. Jeremiah 2.13, he says, They have dug for themselves, say it with me, cracked cisterns. Cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. We've all seen people who do this. They just they get tired of waiting, and they're in a job that's not doing what they wanted to do. It's not the career they thought they would be in. It's not what they want. It's what they desire. So they quit the job, and they go to the next job. But then they're unfulfilled in that job because it's a cracked sister. And so they quit that job, and they go to the next job, and they go to the next job, and they go to the next job because it's a cracked cistern and it's not holding water because they're not going to wait on God. We see the people that are like, you know what? I'm not happy in this relationship. I don't like my family. I don't like my spouse. I'm out. I'm looking at the other field. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to find somebody else. Can I tell you today that is a cracked cistern? I mean, no matter what it is that you are after, whatever you're trying to do at Christmas time, you're like, I don't have money for gifts. I'll just put it on credit. Can I tell you that is a cracked cistern? Turn to somebody and tell them, don't do crack. Don't do crack. (laughs) Did our pastor just say that? He just said that. The sheep in this story. They're just chilling. They're just hanging out by the well. They, they don't, hey, we're cool. The shepherd's coming. It's the middle of the day, but that, that well ain't gonna stay covered. It's hang out here. It was crazy. It's like they're not, they're not panicking. They're not pacing around, you know, and they're not, they're not like trying to dig, dig it, dig it, dig it. Put are back into it. Dig, 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 dig. Come on, Bob. So, so I got a million of these bad sheep jokes. Come on. Got, so they're like, like they're not running around like complaining about it. Oh my gosh, this is so bad. I told you I got a lot of them. I got a lot. But they're not. They're just they're just they're just, they're just chilling. I think, man, we gotta st- stop pacing. Stop pacing. And start waiting. Hate that word. Don't you hate that word? Waiting. Let me say it this way then. If you don't like the word rating, waiting, start resting. I like that better. I don't like to wait. I just I don't like to wait. If I'm, in, if, I'm, if I'm in a line, I'm going to another line. If this line is long, I'm going to this line over here. And then you go to this line. In traffic, when I pull up to a stoplight, anybody like this? Oh, there's seven cars in this one, two in this one. Which one are you getting in? Come on, somebody. Come on, I am... Spirit of God just fell in this place. I'm getting in on that one with the two car. And then you go get in that line with the two car because I'm like, I'm ahead of all you suckers, but this person here decides to go the speed limit? What's wrong with you? It's posted 45. Why aren't you going 52? You ain't going to get no ticket. I don't like to wait. So maybe for you the word, my word is rest. I'm just going to Rest. I'ma wait on God. There, there are miracles in barren fields. Come on, encourage somebody around you. Tell them your your miracles coming. So rest, your miracle is coming. So rest. This is where the story takes a big twist. This is where I think maybe your miracle and what you've been waiting on is going to take a twist. You know movies when they do that? And they got to get you. You're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Verse 9. Jacob was still talking with them when Rachel arrived. Now, if we're, <laughs> so if we were going to read this in context, we're going to read it like this. Jacob was still talking with them when Rachel arrived. Boom, boom, boom. Boom. Waiting such a long time, baby. Oh, some of y'all got that reference. I am disappointed in you. You're like, Jesus, help this crowd right now. That's dear. Just strike that. Just pretend like that didn't happen. That just that was bad reference. Bad reference. Jake, Jacob was there for the well, but but God was there for a wedding. Uh, Jacob had his mind on one thing. God's like, you have no idea the blessing and what I'm getting ready to do and why I brought you to this field. You have no idea why God has you in that field. You think you're in your field for this because you're waiting on this. And and, and what, what what if you're in the right field, but you're looking for the wrong miracle? What if you're in the right field, but looking for the wrong miracle? When I was in junior high, I lived in Los Angeles, California, and we lived near, uh, right there, right there in the heart of Los Angeles, and my buddy and me, we'd go to the beach almost every weekend in the summer. It was so much fun, just hanging out on the beach every weekend. And then my parents came in one day and announced to us, we're moving to Rolla, Missouri. Yeah, I didn't know where it was either. Okay, so let me give you an idea where where Rolla is. Uh, If you've ever been on I-44 on your way to St. Louis and you stop to use the bathroom, that's Rolla. It's a bathroom stop. That's all I need to say. I end up in this little town of like 11,000 people, and I'm not, I'm not dressed right. I don't look the part. Nobody's accepting me. I, I was out of place, and all I wanted to, is out of that field. I Get me back to Los Angeles. And I spent the next few years of my life in junior high and even into high school plotting my return to Los Angeles. I am leaving, I'm going to graduate, I'm going back because this ain't for me. But then God had another idea. You maybe heard Laura say something about an accounting class. My senior year, all the way to my senior year, I walk into my accounting class, I sit down and right in front of me, boom, boom. Been waiting a long time, baby. There she sat. I had no idea. Do you think I care about Los Angeles now? No. No, because there was a miracle in the barren The greatest gift that God has ever given to me in this life was in the one field I wanted out of. What if the greatest gift God is getting ready to bestow upon you is in the very field that you want out of? This is why you got to stay in that field until God tells you otherwise. You got to stick it out because there are miracles in barren fields. We can get so fixated on, on what we want or, or what we've lost that we miss what God has. I hate surprises. I just do. I mean, I, don't ever throw me a surprise party. Don't ever hit me with a surprise. I ain't going to like it. I don't like surprises. But what I have learned is God's surprises are always way better than my plans. Every time. I can't think of a single surprise that God put upon me. Standing here, December 19th, 2021, I had a great radio career. My trajectory, where I'm headed, I know where I'm headed, and I've got the next leg and where I'm going to go and what I'm going to do, and, and God doesn't let me get out of this town, and, and I'm staying in this town, and, and, and now I, and I'm like, but God, I'm trying to get out of this town, and now here I am in 2021, and I'm looking at all of you, and, I man, I thank God he didn't let me out of that field. Because I enjoy every blessing. Every blessing, everything, every answer, every resource you need is in the field. But And and Jacob is the one who really lands this plane. In verse 10, he says, Jacob went over to the well and he moved the stone. Come on, 2,000 years ago, God showed up and he moved the stone. A a barren, dark stone. Tomb and if he did that for Jesus, he's gonna do it for you. What what field are you in? Where what is that barren field that's bearing no fruit? Where is it that you find yourself today? We serve a God who is a lid lifter, we serve a God who can move that stone. There are miracles in your barren field.